Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Mark Myers. I'm like, Mark, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. Thanks so much. I'm glad to have you here. As you know, the timing of this episode, uh, we're we're getting close to uh, to start. You know, the beginning of tax season's coming up, and people are going, "Oh, taxes!" Uh, but you know what? It doesn't have to be painful. And Mark and I are going to talk about how to kind of reduce the pain. Uh, so, why don't you share a little bit about you, and then we'll dive into the conversation. I appreciate it, Michael. And again, thank you for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to this conversation, so I appreciate your time. Um, you know, taxes are an interesting beast. Um, I did not enter the financial industry and the consulting industry to focus on taxes, but I found over time, this has been over the last 15 years, that there's a, a, a real need in this space. And because you're looking at um Particularly, you're looking at outside of the box type of applications of tax code. Um, you know, it's not just we're looking at mortgage interest deduction, right? I mean, it's not the basics. It's like looking at the tax code and seeing how can we utilize this tax code in a way that's beneficial for us as business owners or as just high income earners. So I realized that most CPAs and tax professionals just don't have the time and the bandwidth. And of course, and by nature, most of them run a little conservative. So they're not going to be in this space. And there are a lot of times they're not really doing a lot of forward looking. They're doing mostly historical. You know, what kind of expenses do you have? Give me your P&L. Okay, this is what your tax bill is going to be. Do you have any more expenses that you need to make before the end of the year? Right. So spend a dollar to save 35 cents. Um, and then, of course, your financial advisors and your wealth advisors, they have so much compliance on top of them. There's no way they can do anything outside of what FINRA and the SAC says is allowable with regard to how they communicate with their clients. So now that leaves this whole blue ocean. And over the last 10 years, I realized that there are numerous, numerous ways to reduce tax because there's 75,000 pages of tax code. And there's a reason why the larger companies don't pay tax because they have teams that navigate this tax code for them. They don't have just one CPA and one financial advisor. They have multiple attorneys, multiple accountants, multiple advisors, business strategists. So really what I do and what I've done over the last decade has gone out there and said, okay, this is my business. And I've gone out there and put my minor cap on and I've looked at just about every single way you can reduce tax. And each group, like there might be one group that does this really well and another group does another thing really well and another group does another thing really well and I've built a toolbox. And now I have a whole toolbox and when I speak to individuals with high income or they're selling appreciated assets and they're looking at a big capital gains tax, I have a lot of different ways to help them reduce the tax. But interestingly enough, Michael, most of my business comes from wealth managers and tax professionals. That's where 80% of my business comes from. So that's a little bit about, uh, about how I got into this space and I, I'm really enjoying it because it just solves a need. Yeah, it's it's definitely a blue ocean opportunity, and you know the tax code keeps getting larger and larger and larger. I mean, it's it's I I don't even want to try to do the math of what it was like when I was doing taxes. 
uh, in Waterford, Michigan, back in the late '80s and early '90s, to date myself, and and all of a sudden, you know, now in you know 2022, 2023, you know, it's it just gets more and more complex. But the thing of it is, and I and I I'm glad that you mentioned that you know it's the wealth managers and preparers that are coming to you because you know they're looking at it, going, okay, I, I don't have time to you know rifle through seventy five thousand pages to figure things out, but it's a common issue that we see especially you know in in recent years where it's become so much easier for individuals to launch businesses and many of them have done extraordinarily well and I'm thrilled for them that's the, that's the whole idea behind the american dream to be able to launch something and create something from an idea and become extremely successful and you know ideally you want to you know obviously contribute you know that's that's part of of living is you know paying taxes but don't pay more than you need to and i think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs that have been really successful probably struggle because as you mentioned in, in the onset is, you know, they're, they're CPAs, you know, they probably have one or maybe a, a financial advisor, things like that. They're not going to have the, you know, the wherewithal or the team to be able to carve through all the different angles and ways that they can allocate their assets and their resources in such a way to defer or, you know, just outright not have to pay, you know, some of those huge tax gains because of your success. That's exactly right, Michael. And, you know, I like, I, I use a joke and in the, and it's not really a joke, but it's, it's an application of thought process. And, and if you think about it in life, no one wants to pay retail for anything. You know, you want, when is the sale? When's Black Friday sale? What is our coupon? Is there some kind of affiliate code? What, where, how can I get a discount on this? The same rule applies in taxes. There's 70,000 pages of code and you can actually, there's tons of coupons in those pages. You just have to know how to clip the coupons and apply them. So I'm always, the one that brings the good news, hey, you can actually pay wholesale tax. We can actually reduce your tax um, and it's all legal. It's all right there in the code. You just have to know, know and understand how and why you're applying it. So um, that is really um, a fun process to go through, particularly when people are looking at, you know, as you mentioned, everybody pays, pays their fair share. But, you know, Judge Learned Hand was one of the most uh, prolific tax appellate court tax judges in the circuit, in the, in the appeals court system. He said... In America, there's two tax systems, one for the informed, one for the uninformed. Both are legal. <laughs> and also, you know, nobody has to pay a dime more than what they're legally due. It's not an Ameri It's not like you're required as an American to pay more than you're legally due. So the question is, what is due? And I think a lot of people that are doing well don't realize that what's legally due is significantly less than what they're paying. Um, and that hurts when you get up there to you know, the 32%, the 35%, the 37% bracket on the federal side. And not to mention, maybe you live in California and you got an extra 13.3% to deal with. You're looking at 50% of your net profit going to a business partner that, you know, arguably is not helping you in your business <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, I love the analogy that you shared a moment ago about, you know, there's, you know, tons of coupons. And I thought about my mom who used to, 
cut coupons all the time and she'd go to stores and they would have, you know, certain parts of the country would have double coupons. So I'm thinking, yeah, she, she should have got into this field. She could have had double coupons to pe- save people, <laughs> double the tax and all that stuff. But it's, you know, especially in times uh, you know, now, of course, you know, when we're dealing with high income earners, you know, inflation does hit them too. I know some people may think sarcastically, it's like, well, yeah, they can afford it, but you know what, the, the things that they have to buy for their businesses and their staff and salary and all of that stuff, those costs have increased too. So everyone's feeling, you know, the increased costs that we're facing right now with with inflation and then economic uncertainty with everything that's going on in the world at the time of the recording, of course. I don't want to necessarily <laughs> You know, I, w- I want this to be evergreen as best as possible. But you know, in times where there's some economic challenges uh, ahead of us, or in, we're in the midst of it, uh, it's a situation where people is like, you know, I, I want to be able to retain as much of cash flow as I can and and minimize uh, the burden that I have to pay. Because you know, like you said, you know, it's it, it's not an obligation for people to pay more than they should. They should pay what you know legally they're required to pay. And I think it's the right of of every organization every individual to to quite frankly capitalize on that because the code's there it's not like oh they're just doing that for favors no there's a reason why it's in the code uh and and that's not just a yeah we'll throw it in no (laughs) the 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 countless hours that is spent in designing you know the tax code and and going through it is you know just mind-boggling and it just keeps getting more and more complicated that's exactly right. And it's, um, you know, interestingly enough, when you navigate the code, sometimes you can put things together um, and they ultimately match, you know, they, they make sense. I mean, when you uh, integrate one code with another and you have a business purpose for doing it, say if you're a business owner, or maybe some in some situations, you don't even need business purpose. I mean, think about there's... Um, Charitable donations have been going on for since early 1900s in the United States, and you get a deduction for that, right? It's just natural. You give something away to a qualified 501c3, you get a deduction for it. But most people think about that as, well, yeah, but I'm giving a dollar away to my favorite charity or my favorite house of worship or whatever. And I like that they're getting a whole dollar, and I'm really only giving them maybe... 60 cents, you know, or 70 cents out of my pocket because I get a 30 or 40 cents tax savings, right? But you're still, you're still giving away a dollar to save 30 or 40 cents, right? So the metric is not there, but you know, you can, there's ways to actually get leverage on those deductions. So if you're giving away tangible assets, if you know how to acquire a tangible asset at a significant discount to its fair market value, now you have an opportunity, right? You can actually hold on to that and make some profit. But if you're a high income earner, and you're plugging into a program that kind of gives you turnkey access to this. Well, now you can take a purchase a highly appreciated asset. And now if you do give it away to a charitable organization that has a use for it, which we, we, we line these things up, well, you can actually have a maybe a $4 deduction on something that costs you a dollar. Well, that starts to make sense because in California, if you're at the highest tax bracket, a $4 deduction is going to save you over $2 in tax. If you only spent a dollar on that deduction, but you got over $2 in tax savings, the question then becomes, well, how many dollars can I spend? That's what the, that's what the, you know, my clients ask. And I'm like, well, there is a limit. The federal government's only going to let you take 30% off the top of your AGI. So, you know, if you have a million dollars of income, well, then you can take up to $300,000 of a reduction of this type of charitable donation. So, but taking $300,000 off the top of a million dollar income in California is going to save you 
over $150,000 tax. And if I can get that asset into your hand for say 75,000, well, now we're running, we're running some decent math. You know, <laughs> I'll spend 75,000 to get $150,000 in tax savings. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of the fun types of things that you can do when you're looking at navigating tax law. Yeah. And of course, the, you know, the state taxes in California has, you know, definitely been one. And New York is another state as well that's been criticized of uh, their, uh, I'll use the phrase excessive, just quoting. Um, there's reasons why they have a huge tax base, but it's also why you see a lot of people starting to immigrate. I say immigrate, they're in the same country, but I say that tongue in cheek because I have friends in Texas and say, I see you, you're allowing Californian immigration. That's, that's very nice of you. And you're just being <laughs> tongue in cheek in Florida too. It's like, is there any room left in Florida? It's like, it's like, I thought Disney owned all that property. But anyway, uh, again, it's one of those things where these are, these are considerations for people to have, not only as where they set up their business, but you know, where they live because with the way that the world is, depending on what your business is, you know, where you live isn't as important as it used to be. Uh, so right. you know, it, it creates a lot of opportunities, but also you, know, you have to educate yourself and work with you know, an organization like yours to go, you know what, I'm, I'm looking for options. Where would be the best place to set up? I want to do this and this. And you know, there are some people that's like, I, yeah, I know I'm going to be paying uh, stupid taxes. I want to live in California. And it's like, okay, well, you understand that. All right. Well, let's, let's see what we can do to minimize the amount of tax dollars that you're paying. And sure. that's why it's so critically important to you know, utilize an organization like yours, because again, it, it, it helps keep more money in your pocket so you can spend that money to invest and grow your business, which benefits us as a society. Absolutely, Michael. You said it uh, very well. Um, and you know, I haven't I haven't met one high income earner that has admittedly told me that they think that the federal or state government can spend their dollars better than they can. <laughs> so when they can keep more of that in their pocket, now they can reallocate that back into their business and to grow their business to have more employees and ultimately create more benefit for. Or you know, there could be that they just take the that income and they you know essentially are able to you know, accelerate their wealth a little bit faster and, and, and in their working cycle a little bit sooner. <laughs> so it really is nice uh, to, to implement these things. And I would say most of my clients come from California, states that have high income. And it's not that I work, don't work with individuals in Texas or Nevada or Washington state or Florida, I do. But obviously what, whenever you have that additional five, six, eight, 10, 12% of taxes at the state level, a lot of what I do actually makes has an even bigger impact because now we're not only saving at the federal level, we're saving at the state level. Um, so that becomes really fun. And, and you know, one really important thing I like to communicate is I don't, I'm not, I don't come into the equation to replace anyone's CPA. I don't come into the equation to give anyone investment advice. So that's why wealth advisors like to work with me. I don't step on their toes. I just find money that their clients didn't realize they had that they can help shepherd or for tax professionals. They're the ones that are getting beat up every year by their clients that are saying, is there anything more I can do? And they're usually saying, well, I'm doing, you're doing everything I know, know to, to do. So when they bring me in, they, I want to make sure that they look like the hero. You know, I'm really just part of the team, right? I'm just a part of the team that they brought me in. And I'm a, I, I, I label myself a tax savings architect because there's really no, you know, it's a self-labeled uh 
um, title, but I feel that that's exactly what I do. I get information and then I weave together the right solutions architecturally, integrate them in with what they already have. And I try to make it as seamless as possible. So the net result doesn't take a lot of energy away from them with regard to the direction they're traveling. Because a lot of people that are successful, you know, they don't want to slow down because that slows down their success. So I can integrate these things in and just reduce the drag, right? You know, take that parachute off of them or make that parachute significantly less, um, you know, painful <laughs> to drag. Exactly. I, a thought came to mind to me. It's like, you know, just adding additional Lego pieces to something that you bought and you're like, okay, I want to make this ship better. What am I going to add to it? And you figure out the right pieces to make it fit. So it looks like it actually belongs to it. And instead of, you know, having a three-year-old put together something, it's not Although I've seen some three-year-olds that are really creative with Legos, and uh, I I was never one of those with Legos. It's like give me you know four or five blocks, and I'd be good to go. But uh, uh, that that's awesome. So year-end planning, um, I think you know we've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but yeah, you know, what are some things that people should be able to think about uh, as we're approaching year-end? What are some things that they um, should really focus on? Um, to, you know, I know that's a big, big question, but, uh, some things that they need to focus on in order to make sure that, you know, if there's something they want to do, um, they can do it before the tax year switches over. Absolutely. Michael, can you hear me? Okay. I noticed that my internet's, uh, wavering a bit. Are you able to hear me? All right. Right now? Yep. Yep. Everything's okay, good. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. I think, you know, obviously the best tax planning is pro proactive. The best tax planning is forward thinking. I always say, if we can start your tax planning in January, we're going to get a lot more optimization than if we started in November or December. However, year in, there are things that can be done. So I would say, if you are looking at uh, a lot of income, whether it be passive income that's taxed tax at regular brackets or active income, you know, from your work, or maybe you have uh, grants, you know, stock, you know, stock uh, warrants or RSOs or student ISOs, or RSUs, um, and you're looking at a lot of income that you didn't expect, now's the time to say, hey, what kind of programs are there available for me to um, acquire deductions at a, at a discount? And they're out there. You can actually purchase a, dis a deduction at a, a discount, meaning that you're getting leverage on your deduction. So it's not just a dollar worth of expense gives you a dollar deduction. You could potentially get you know, three or four or five dollars of deduction for every dollar of expense. So that's really the area that I focus on with individuals coming to me at this amount of this time. But switching gears, I say, let's start looking at January of next year now, because there's probably five or six things that you can do. And if you start integrating them in now and you're you've gotten going in January, February, March of next year, we can potentially, you know, reduce your taxes by 50, 60 percent not just take a little bit off the top. And most people, that really, you know, motivates them to start looking at, oh, half my, you know, whatever tax I'm paying, now I'm going to start paying half or maybe more than, less than half. You know, that's that's where I really like to get into that conversation. That's really important. So for everybody that's listening, you know, this episode will release before January. So uh, definitely, you know, get, get with your, uh, financial advisors and and have them reach out to Mark and 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 help you save some money. So, Mark, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Thank you so much, Michael. All they need to do is go to my website. If they go to peakprofitsolutions.com, 
Um, they'll have a little bit of information about me. They ha- I have access to just, you know, 15, 20 minute consultations, complimentary. All I need is 15 to 20 minutes. They don't need to bring their P&Ls. They don't need to bring their life story. They just need to kind of talk to me a little bit about their situation. And usually within 15 or 20 minutes, I can identify um, what the opportunity of savings may be. So I can really give them a good idea of what's opportun- what opportunity is there. And if they just want to go to my site and Snooze, snooze around a little bit. I have some links where they, if they want to look at some case studies or they want to kind of learn some things before they talk to me, they can do that as well. And that's at peakprofitsolutions.com. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Mark, thank you again for this amazing work. Really appreciate you. And, and thanks again for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.